A Mercurial Life Part 1 A Guardian and Guide Chapter 1 The Legend of the White Buffalo We are leaving our time now. We are leaving our time now. We're going to a time that is slower than ours, or faster than ours. It's upon our time, or below our time, or in our time, or around our time. And we honor space in this time. We honor the four directions, east, west, north, and south. And we honor the fifth direction, which is inside of us, inside of our bodies and minds. Thus I have heard that in the forest some wild creatures roam. Gone beyond the cities, these rare ones live among the mountains, waters, trees, and so there once was a mythical beast that lived all alone. The last buffalo in the park, and no human would go near it. Legends whispered that this ancient one lived in the deepest cave, in the furthest valley, and so no one ever went off in search of the white buffalo, because so many had come to fear it. I paused on the sentence I was writing, then I blinked before I arrived back in real life. It seemed everything in the world was falling apart, yet through the imagination, I could dive into a space without worry or fear, and that is why I loved to write. What would come of this story? Was I using writing to avoid real life? Or was I doing it because the world had lost its way? And maybe this writing would lead us towards what the soul felt was right. A certain sadness crept upon me, since it seemed that so few valued poetry and storytelling. But I knew in my heart that I couldn't give up, and that's why. I've never stopped writing. I opened the page I was writing, but I wasn't sure where this story was going. It would lead me when it was ready, for I was just a traveler, and these fables were my fellow guides and guardians. It felt as if every fable and story begged for me to find it, yet the world carried on in its own ways. Meanwhile, the population seemed to be in such a rush to stay busy but I wondered if anyone would ever hear what these stories had come to say. Often I thought of storytelling like smoke signals. As I sat alone, I'd send messages up to the heavens, and maybe from a distance, someone might discover this fire burning, and there they'd see these smoke signals in the form of fables and get a warning or a message. For those who don't know, smoke signals are one of the oldest forms of long-distance communication. It's a visual communication used to transmit news, signals, danger, or even call a tribe to gather in a common area. The Native Americans use smoke signals for warnings of war or the whereabouts of the buffalo, and so in my imagination. I pictured myself on the hilltops sending my final attempt through the smoke into the world. But did anyone care for these stories? Did anyone else care to keep the ancient traditions alive? 
why it seemed the world was so busy hoarding money that I doubted if anyone would be aware of the stories or even if I happened to die. Alone on that hilltop, there was only wind, trees, and a forest to observe. So I put my hands around my mouth and called out to the world. Someday, art is going to be more important than money, and stories will be worth more than gold. Someday, one child, one teacher, one book, and one pen is going to change the entire world. Us artists give everything to fables and poetry, and still nobody seems to care. But these stories are going to change this world for the better, since only a storyteller can heal the world from all its pain, suffering, and despair. I may not live to see the day, but I won't stop writing. Just wait until God gives us the right sign. Then a moment later, I saw a flash of lightning. It humbled me so quick, and so I thought maybe I needed to be a little less selfish with my own message. And so I cleared my voice and spoke out when I said, In honor of all those who are suffering, I am visualizing that every single one of you are going to have the most incredible week of your life. This is going to be the big one. This one. This week. This is where it happens. This is the beginning of the snowball effect that moves you in the direction of a wonderful existence. This is it. All that other stuff in the past? That's just because you let that loathsome bucktooth horned multi-eyeballed imp drive you into hell, I yelled. Only an artist would understand the urgency behind my voice. But unfortunately for this world, artists were a dying breed. It seemed many people would rather give up on their gifts and talents to pursue normalcy. And until now, I'd given up just about everything because I believed in the lost art of storytelling with conviction and certainty. There was little left for me in the modern world, and word of my mischievous nature had spread through all the industries. No matter how much I begged for work, who was it that was willing to hire me? And if they did, then they'd realize that I had gifts and abilities to offer them that no one else could foresee. I reached into my pocket and pulled out my phone. There I snapped a picture of my smoke signals that I sent out on the instant gram. It was just another attempt to reach anyone who was listening. And so through the inner web, maybe it could reach out to all of mankind. After checking and checking to see who viewed my feed, did anyone truly care? And so again, my smoke signals were not quite received. Oh, why must the artist be tortured? Why won't the messages break through? And so with every attempt, I realized that nobody cared to examine the depth of this smoke signal that I brought into view. Be it a warning or a message of worldly danger, everyone kept living their own lives. And so I fell to my knees when I looked up to the sky. Heavenly Spirit, I call out to you because it seems I'm lost in my own life. I don't ask for much, but I'm begging you today. I need a guardian, and if you lead me, I promise I will obey the way of your guide. 
If something doesn't change soon, then I fear I'm going to die. A moment later, the wind came through, and as it blew, it carried me east and north. I'd come from the west, and the east and the north was not anyone's typical course. They said it was haunted. They said it's where the man-eaters lived alone. But what did I have left? And so I decided to follow the wind and make the east and north path my home. My pockets were empty except for a pen and paper. The earth may have been the only one who understood me. And maybe I was one of the few who understood her. I carried my feet light upon her grounds in case she could feel my feet. And so I walked as if I kissed the land while my steps would repeat. Now when a good story arises, it often comes from the intuition. And so in the same way, I listened to the natural forces as I departed upon this next mission. Where would it take me? And what would it require? Certainly a breakthrough was needed because the extreme nature of our predicament had become quite dire. The world was worn, and who was even in control? It seemed we had forgotten about the power of our spiritual soul. I walked for so long until I entered into the cold. There I found a secret forest where there was a lookout atop the hillsides when I saw something sparkling like gold. Far in the distance, off near the horizon, I swear I saw a white buffalo on the edge of a cave where it must have been living. It looked so lonely and sad. It was no different than I. And as I studied it closer, I caught a glimpse of its eyes when again lightning burst out into the sky. Now the white buffalo fell to the earth when rain poured down. The white buffalo's body trembled in sadness. Had he been forsaken or disowned? It was so cold in these hills, and I had to see if the white buffalo was real. Then I opened the notebook which I had been writing upon. I was in shock to see what was concealed. There I read the first paragraph of the latest story I had just began. Thus I have heard that in the forest many wild creatures roam. Gone beyond the cities, the wild ones live among the mountains, water, and trees. And so there once was a mythical beast that lived all alone. The last buffalo in the park, and no animal would go near it. Legends whispered that this one lived in the deepest, darkest cave, in the furthest valley. And so no one ever went off in search of the white buffalo, because everyone had come to fear it. Whatever I had written seemed to come to life. Right when I thought it was the end of me, the elemental forces of nature had given me a flash of magnificent insight. But why do so many fear the white buffalo? I asked the sky. As I waited in stillness to observe, I listened before the wind replied. According to the Native Americans, the divine is the legendary white buffalo, the much sought after and, at the same time, much feared spirit guide of the plains people. Behind his legacy are the Apache Devil Dancers. In some buffalo ceremonies or dances, he is hunted by the dancers 
who sympathetically asked for a successful hunt. The first buffalo was the white spirit of the north, and all other white buffaloes are the reincarnation of that spirit. The white buffalo brings hope for spring, even when the earth is still frozen and covered with snow. The buffalo is the animal who gave everything, life itself, to the people. He is the sacred messenger, and his color, white, is the sum of all colors, the color of healing and psychic powers. The Christian church depicted evil as the horned god of all peoples, but the white buffalo is not evil, only elusive. This divine form essentially refers to the main principle of all magical work, the unity of opposites. The white buffalo represents the earth in its strongest, most balanced form. Inherently mysterious, it is impossible to explain the white buffalo thoroughly, for only the course of events will illuminate the current initiate and the white buffalo itself will add insight. And so I jotted down the next line in the storybook. If you seek, you will find, and into the forest I went, to find my soul, even if I had to lose my mind. This wasn't a story like something linear in time, but rather it was a collection of tales, parables, and fables. A fable is often in a narrative form, usually featuring animals that behave and speak as human beings, told in order to highlight human follies and weaknesses. Then a moral, or behavior, is woven into the story and explicitly formulated at the end. My favorite fables are from Aesop, the legendary figure who conjured up astounding ranges of unforgettable tales that range from the poignant to the delightfully absurd. Aesop was said to be a humble Greek slave, likely born on Samos, but some think he was an Egyptian or Ethiopian. Aesop lived with many friends. One was a steadfast lion who would one day save him from a tragic fate. Another was a crafty wolf who lurked under a loose sheepskin. Then there was a carefree fiddling grasshopper who puts off tomorrow for what he should do today. Aesop may have been an alias, but he was said to be a real slave in 620 BC and was later granted freedom as a reward for his learning and wit, where he served as an advisor to King Croesus of Lydia. All of Aesop's stories were passed down orally from generation to generation. I breathed in and sighed. That's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be rewarded freedom for my learning and wit, where I'll advise the king of the earthly land. Some of our many famous sayings are from Aesop's stories which held ideas like, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Necessity is the mother of invention. United we stand, divided we fall. Please all, and you please none. No one believes a liar, even when he tells the truth. It is not only fine feathers that make fine birds. Adversity tests the sincerity of friends. Once a wolf, always a wolf. Those who suffer most cry out the least. A man is known 
by the company he keeps. Aesop was said to have written approximately 750 fables. His fables were fictional tales that were modeled on real-life circumstances, the behavior of people, and the character of people in their given circumstances. Aesop retold stories for children using animals, plants, or inanimate objects, and similar stories appear in Buddhist and Hindu culture. One of his most popular stories is The Tortoise and the Hare. By the time I journeyed over the hills, I had a certain feeling I was near the cave of the great white buffalo when night had fallen as I looked up at the stars. There I saw a great spider who weaved a cosmic web connecting all stars which held the universe together. Thus I have heard, there once was a great spider who created a magnificent web out in the middle of a vast forest. Thread by thread, the divine pattern spread, and so the spider was content to live in union with the land. But then one day, bulldozers and merchants came to cut the trees down, and so the spider knew these creatures as the human man. When the trees fell, so did the spider's perfect web. Her home, children, and entire fortune was lost overnight, and so it appeared that the spider was destined for death. She was a peaceful spider until she became a widow, and that night her anger grew so fierce until a red dot upon her back happened to grow. This was a sign of defiance, a sign of what man had taken away from her. In the same way, this is symbolic of the native people and the African Americans with all the pain they've endured. And so the black widow became a warrior who could not bear human society. And so she took an oath before battle, pledging never to turn her back upon the enemy. The magnitude of the suffering and grief she felt was unknown to the civilized humans, and she could no longer live with this terrible pain. And so the black widow devised a plan and departed upon a suicidal mission. She wanted to go out in style, and she vowed to take out as many enemies as she could, if only to protect the great forests. She was a creature who believed what she was doing was just, righteous, and good. That night she found a sturdy branch from above and threaded her web upon it. She decided that anyone who got tangled in her thread, well, she'd take to it and kill them. The thread was tied into her, and she'd jeer at all possible enemies. Defiance depicts this scene, and it appears as a brave stakeout to make the humans pay for what they did. With her poisonous bite, she waited and waited for just the right night. Surely the humans would build upon the ruined forest, and that's just when she'd inject her wrathful might. Then one miraculous day, a white buffalo came. He stopped just before the near-invisible thread, and so he looked up when he decided to sit and stay. I see you're so angry, but anger will not bring your fantastic babies or web back. Why do you wait in defiance, ready to kill them and attack? Asked the white buffalo. Because they killed my family, 
They destroyed everything I ever had. Those men are the worst of all creatures. They are disgusting and bad, said the Black Widow. Ah, but if you bite them, then they'll likely kill you too. I see that you alone truly know what it means to have nothing. But is this the death that you wish to go through? Asked the White Buffalo. And so the Black Widow cried and cried. Why, it seemed only a fellow animal could help her remember to honor her own life. And so with the White Buffalo's kindness, she agreed to rebuild a new life and not fight. The Black Widow achieved honor by releasing her anger to allow a new chapter of life to begin. And this inspired the White Buffalo so much that the White Buffalo revealed the magic he had hidden within. Oh, Black Widow, you are precious but dangerous. I know this is your home, but now that the men have cut down the forests, I have reason to fear a change will persist. I'll make you a promise, since the essence of defiance is in the knowledge of our native ancestors' nature and perseverance, and these qualities lead to success against all odds. So how about you hold together the stars, and there you can string together the greatest web ever created beside the great spirit of our God, said the white buffalo. I would love to. I didn't know such a miracle could exist. Oh, white buffalo, you are rare and beautiful. I will always look over you for as long as you shall live, said the black widow. And so the white buffalo stretched out his arm when the black widow climbed aboard. Through his own magical powers, the white buffalo brought the widow up to the stars where a new future was reassured. As I looked up, I saw the same stars show Grandmother Spider. She is the messenger of the Creator and the benefactress to the people. And so each night, the Creator, the Earth Doctor, and Grandmother Spider sow the sky to the earth with her webs. The Creator sprayed water from his mouth onto the sky web, and the drops of water created the stars. In some legends, the Creator placed Grandmother Spider in the sky to repair the connections between all cosmos, and so, the Black Widow lives in the constellation known as Scorpio. Grandmother Spider is known to help wandering tribes, just as the stars help navigate those lost at sea. The essence of Grandmother Spider and the stars show the proper balance of spiritual and physical elements, as earth and sky is woven together to bring forth enlightenment. However, such passion and pride could cloud perception, which can create an imbalance. There I bowed to Grandmother Spider, then I saw a shooting star, and so I believed that this was a great sign that new fortune was on our side as the Black Widow winked from afar. Now it was time to enter into the cave. Part of me wondered if fables may not be real. We all have doubts that enter into our mind space, but I believed in writing these fables, and of course, I had to see what this cavern might reveal. Of course there was a chance for failure. It was likely the cave could be empty and I'd be all alone. 
but as I walked into the dark cavern, I saw it. There I spotted the great white buffalo. Hunched forward with shallow breathing, I stopped in shock, since I could not believe what I was seeing. What are the chances? A real white buffalo? And so I will always believe in the power of storytelling. Why it is our doubts that we must release and let go. At first glance, the white buffalo did not appear as a magical animal, but he looked more like a lonely bum. Maybe he was an outlaw, and who knows why he was on the run. Without thinking, I knew the fable from Grandmother Spider, and so I would thank him for saving her by opening my heart. I waited near the entrance to the cave, just in case he would charge at me and force me out. We sat for a long time in silence, and he never even lifted his head. I'm sure he was breathing because I could hear it, so I knew he wasn't dead. As I looked up to the stars, I thought of my mother, my father, and my brothers. There I began to picture them as I sent them loving kindness from afar. I'd place my hands over my heart, then I'd think of a reason why I loved them. I'd open my hands to Grandmother Spider and trust that she'd get the messages over to them. Again and again, I did this for all my extended family and friends, and by the time I opened my eyes, the white buffalo sat on the other side of the cave's opening. Who are you? I asked him. I am without form, without limit. I am beyond space, beyond time. I am in everything. Everything is in me. I am the bliss of the universe. Everywhere I am. The white buffalo paused. But you may not understand, since you're just a human man. Why is that? Because you've forgotten your animal nature, and you don't wear buffalo skin. Look at the humans. They forgot what lives within. For reasons too sad, I'm afraid it'll take too long to explain. The humans cast me out. They called the white buffalo insane, he said. And what is your name? The Lakota called me Lightning Medicine Cloud. But once the white man came to this land, the natives were no longer allowed. My mother was slaughtered. They ate my father alive. And so I ran to hide so far from their industries, cities, and machines, because it was the only way the white buffalo could survive. They turned our land into casinos. They mock our culture and mascots with pictures of chiefs and native ones. And so I am living to die in this cave, where I spend my time praying to the grass, the forests, the sky, and the morning sun," said the white buffalo. What do you pray for? I don't ask for things when I pray. Everything I loved was either taken or killed, but rather I pray so that the suffering of all beings may be relieved. And all these years, I've continued on so that the great prophecy may be fulfilled," said the white buffalo. For the first time the white buffalo looked in my eyes, and there I saw fire within his soul. I caught a glimpse of something red, white, 
and black that struck me like lightning, and this was a feeling I had never come to know. It's dangerous to stay here. You must go back to your people, said the white buffalo. Are you not scared? I feel everything, but your kind sees me not as a blessing, but rather the white man marks my appearance as an omen of evil, said the white buffalo. But I feel no hatred towards you, and still you could trample me in an instant. I feel as if I was drawn here for a very good reason. Then why have you come? Usually, your people are ever distant, said the white buffalo. Now I'd never seen a white buffalo, not once in my life. And his fur was thick and long, and I had an urge to reach out and touch his coat, which was a flowing silvery white. I didn't dare grab his fur, but I was so drawn to this creature. The white buffalo had gone through something far more intense than I could fathom, and I knew this based on his demeanor. He was giant and heavy, and his legs thundered as he walked around the cave. Maybe I was making him anxious, and so I spoke. If you prefer to be alone, then I won't stay. Now he changed, and he took a moment to pause in curiosity. A gentleman you are. Tell me again. Why did you come to find me? said the white buffalo. The world is sick. The earth is in need of a miraculous healer. The people are poisoning the world, and I can no longer stand to live in their systems any longer. I tried to fit in, but they threw me out. And so the only places I feel at home is in the wild or on my own route. Years and years have passed, and there are many days where I think I've lost my mind. But after all this time, I've come to realize that I've just been living in a world that is brutal, unfair, and not aligned. I went off in search with great faith that maybe in the wild I would find a great healer. And what do you do? asked the white buffalo. I dream of being an alchemist, but right now I'm just a storyteller. At once his eyes lit up, and now a fire erupted as it burned bright. Why, new warmth exploded right in front of me, and I had never felt anything this miraculous in my entire life. What in the world? How did that happen? I was sweating. It was as if he held fire. What had happened, and what on earth had transpired? A storyteller? I love stories! Then you are not one of the capitalists, but rather you're a creature of the imagination," said the white buffalo. I opened my notebook, and there I showed him the words, journals, notes, and tales I'd written and collected. Oh, I can't read, but I do love stories. It's how my people pass the high teachings down. We spread the oral transmission through allegories," said the white buffalo. After a moment, I felt like I was floating, and I was stuck on the gaze of his eyes. He seemed to hone in on my soul, as if my body, mind, and spirit might have been compromised. He had powers I didn't understand, and I could have been levitating from the earth. Great spirit, why has he arrived? What is the meaning of his birth? asked the white buffalo. 
the feeling of warmth began to rage, and now the entire cavern bursted with light. Flames scorched the inner cavern with such immense heat that I lost track of my sight. A moment later, I woke up on the ground, and the white buffalo was rocking in place. He muttered to himself with his hands together in prayer. Amazing grace, he said. What happened? Do not worry, or the road may be long. Just know there is nothing to fear. You do not need to understand your own journey. Now do you realize what you have been called for? Asked the white buffalo. I forget more than I remember, and only in my dreams do I seem to recall my purpose. Why yes, you are one of the last flowers of meditation in the entire wilderness, said the white buffalo. He rocked on his heels, and I saw this as a sort of excitement. He rubbed his hands together, as if his own life had been given a new purpose. You must tell me about your dreams. What is it that you remember? Are you a child of the waters, the earth, the sky, or the embers? Asked the white buffalo. Oh, I don't know that answer, but the dreams always change. I paused. The dreams change? Always? Asked the white buffalo. Except for one. There is one dream that stays the same. That's it. What is that one? A dream that stays with you is a journey that's begging for your courage to walk upon, said the white buffalo. What was the legend of the white buffalo? And why was he suddenly so interested in me? Whenever he looked into my eyes, it seemed as if he saw things that no one else had ever seen. There was no fear in this cavern, no suspicion or ill will, but still there was something I did not understand. Understanding is what you seek, and that is why the prophecy will be fulfilled, said the white buffalo. A prophecy? A legacy. It's a new way of life that will transpire. They said an artist would come and seek me, but after all these ages, I almost gave up and lost my fire. Now tell me about your dream. We must see what it means. What happens when you close your eyes and drift into the great spirit's sleep?" said the white buffalo. Not much happens, but I usually see the same thing. I don't know how to explain it, and so I'll show you a picture of what it looks like. I opened the notebook of stories and words to the last page where I revealed it. The garden! The white buffalo cried out. He was in shock. And so his body dropped. He began weeping upon the ground when he brought his hand over his head in prayer where his fingers were interlocked. Praise to the Great Spirit and the Ancient of Days. I always believed it, but now we have found our way, said the white buffalo. A moment later he jumped to his feet. Now he ran to my side. He knelt in front of me while I sat upon a simple stone, and this was the closest I'd ever been to a living white buffalo, and the moment he touched my knees, my eyes turned inside. Now the vision appeared where the dream came to life. I was brought back to that place. This was the vision in the great garden. There high above us, beneath the sun, 
were red wings of an angel's dawn. The winds carried this angel, and its hands opened in protection over this pure land. I walked near the mountain in between the trees, where I felt true love within a woman. It was true love, and there I saw her as my soulmate and spiritual fire. Being in her presence, I felt harmony and balance. My purpose, duty, destiny, and will were all balanced like a spinning disc rotating around her. In her presence, all of life felt complete, and so I knew she was a kindred spirit of the soul. By a miracle, I realized that I had come back to myself, and within my own true nature, I too was complete and whole. This was as good as it could get. This bond felt like it could deepen and increase more than I could imagine, and so the nature of the setting was perfect. This was the divine garden. As dreams tend to shift, I looked up at the red angel under the sun where she waved her arms. There the true lover reappeared on a homestead beside a flowing stream and a humble farm. This was a family and a marriage sealed by a kiss. A place where soulmates live with good luck, blessings, creativity, security, prosperity, and abundance. Children were playing, and the lover was in my arms. Then we spread our arms wide when we noticed how we were covered under the same posture of the angel from afar. This was stability, but again the dream shifted in space. Her and I each held a cup as we were within a walled place. Those same wings were above us, but now the angel had a lion face. Under the wings were our two cups where two serpents came together. I was on one side, and across from me was the lover. Then a moment later, I woke up just as our cups cheered one another. I wasn't sure what had happened to me. For a moment, I thought I woke up back in the city. But to my surprise, the white buffalo was firing up a wood stove with branches from a tree. What a surreal dream to go through. And I think I know what we must do, said the white buffalo. And as he cooked us breakfast, tears of joy fell from his eyes. It was quite this strange occurrence, because now rain fell from the sky. It was an auspicious coincidence, and right as he winked, lightning crashed down when I could not figure out what to think. He was a great admirer of nature, and now a new sense of my own purpose had been found. All the while I felt at peace as I listened to the morning rain falling down. Are those tears of joy? Tears of joy and pain. The same reasons the flowers grow in the rain. It is a celebration of breakthroughs, but the breaking through often feels like it hurts. So just remember that our spirit does not die in life. This breakthrough is a rebirth, said the white buffalo. He put his hands together in prayer. Then he looked up to the heavens. White clouds began to swirl when the thunder loomed as if he had summoned them. Are you the one? You said there is a prophecy. It is not me, but rather the one is our community. The Sangha is the guru. 
The garden will not bloom without the all. It takes every seed and creature of the wilderness to pull this off. It is never just one being who is called. We will come together, and the garden will flourish. I've never been more certain of anything in my life, and I am sure of this, said the white buffalo. Then how do we do it? And how do you go about living this mysterious and miraculous life of yours? I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life, and I've never let it keep me from doing a single thing I wanted to do, said the white buffalo. But how did you get to this point of such greatness? Peaks are great, but valleys are where we grow. Come on, today is a new day. I say we journey out from this cave. You ready to go? said the white buffalo. And where will we go? We'll head into the unknown, where all the wild ones grow, he said. Then let's grow. But before that, I must show you my favorite thing in the whole world, he said. And so he ran to the back of the cavern, while I simply observed. He revealed the drum with a bone that was padded at the end. Then he began to beat the bone against the drum, which rattled a deep rhythm. Meet Iron John, said the white buffalo. We danced the whole day while we chanted sounds and sang songs. And when I couldn't even tell what he was saying, I sunk into my primal nature when night came as we howled at the moon right where we belonged. Nothing could stop us, for nothing was in our way. And so the journey begins. The future is what we will create, said the white buffalo. You know, yesterday I woke up feeling miserable, but now that feeling is long gone. I think I love your drum. Call him by his name. His heartbeat is called Iron John, said the white buffalo. And when the day ended, it was time for rest. I was more excited for tomorrow than I'd ever been. It would be another new day, a supreme occasion. Then I opened my notebook of fables and there I scribbled a new note. This white buffalo was a mystical one, and so I wrote, You are a mythological beauty. You have the eye of someone I've seen. Outside of ordinary situations, even outside of my dreams, you lie in your cave at night and watch the starlight to see what life means. There's a child inside of you who's trying to raise a child in me if you want me to leave, tell me, and I won't stay. Although I'm all caught up inside, I'm certain that you know the way. In the middle of that night, I turned over to look at the white buffalo who was resting on the far side of the cave. Can I ask you a question? Sure, said the white buffalo. The depth of my consciousness causes me to suffer. Is it a blessing or a curse? to feel everything so very deeply. The white buffalo thought for a moment. The only way out is through. You take more of the thing that poisons you until you turn it into an elixir that girdles the world around you.